already invested for all of our members. So we need to just do our part and make certain that we uh, register and sign up on the Right Now Media. Also, the church directory is in. Uh, See any member of the church directory uh, committee, your directory. Also, we want to make mention that Willie Grant's uh, services of celebration will be tomorrow morning at uh, the Lincoln Sons Funeral Home and Country Clubs Hills at 10 a.m. the wake and 11 o'clock the funeral. We will be in place to serve the family uh, tomorrow morning, and we're looking forward to seeing as many Ebenezer folk out to support the Grant family. Amen? I am also uh, super excited. Today is the day for our for the Chicago Sings Hymn Him Festival that is being held here at Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, we have sent invitations, and I know you have spread the word. We have spread the word on our social media platforms, and others have been working behind the scenes to get the word out. And that hymn sing starts at 4 p.m. It is an amazing, it's going to be an amazing opportunity to sing some of the great hymns of the church, the newer, some newer hymns and older hymns that are all in this brand new hymnal. And Ebenezer has been selected to be the host site for this event. Uh, we are very, very happy to have with us the uh, uh, one of the main publishers, or, well, one of the main directors of, he'll say what it really is, but he was in charge or worked very closely with the hymnal. We have Dr. James Abington, who is in the house this morning, and he already he already had a brief visit with the choir to kind of go over some of the hymns, and it was a good, good, he gave us a teaching lesson for free this morning, amen, for free. And uh, we are excited what's going to happen this afternoon. Uh, some of you know I've already said Dr. Abington uh, and I were classmates at Morehouse. He was a couple of years older than I, and we were in the Glee Club. And I'm glad Minister King just walked in. Uh, Dr. Abington will attest to uh, the pastor's vocal abilities, uh, as I sang uh, in the Glee Club with him uh, many, many, many years ago. I ain't going to say I was a solo because I might get struck, but uh, I was able to carry my walk. But we are happy that Dr. Abington is here. I said to the choir this morning, there's only a handful of people that I have really asked and prayed to God to be able to be able to share in ministry with. Uh, Dr. Abington is so busy and is in demand in so many churches. And for us to be able to have him here is one of my uh, pastoral dreams come true. So welcome, sir, being here at Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. And um, he's going to have an opportunity to share uh, this morning, and then he'll be sharing uh, again uh, this afternoon. I also wanted to, many of you are aware that I went down to our alma mater, Morehouse College, and was able uh, to be inducted into the Morehouse College Board of Preachers. Um, just got my certificate. I'm going to read you a bit of it. And I'm truly, truly humbled by this honor. It says, 
The Board of Preachers, the Martin Luther King Jr. International College of Ministry and Laity Morehouse College. Be it known to all that Daryl in person, because of your life's mission and vision for humanity's cosmic future, the relevance and the universality of your spirituality, path-breaking scholarship and service for the 21st century, and because of the complementary of all complementary of all your work with the teachings and the activism of Martin Luther King Jr. and because of your good character and the tradition of the New Testament Good Samaritan and because you are the intellectual and or spiritual mentor to generations of caregivers to children and young scholars you are hereby proclaimed the member of the Martin Luther King Jr. International College of Ministers and Laity and inducted into its board of preachers in testimony of which you are henceforth to be recognized uh, for embodying uh, so on and so forth. I don't go through all the rest of it because I'll be reading for days. It's signed by Willie Woods, uh, Morehouse College Board of Trustees, Dr. David Anthony Thomas, 12th President of Morehouse College, and Dr. Lawrence Edward Carter, founding dean of the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel. So. Thank you, Ebenezer, for this opportunity to share in this with you. And this will, I think I'm going to hang it in my office um, and some other things. But it was a tremendous honor, tremendous honor to go home to Morehouse and to receive that. Um, another one of my pastoral dreams come true. Uh, so God is in the blessing business. Ebenezer, I'm going to ask you one other thing. Um, I'm asking you to pray mightily uh, this week uh, for the favor of God upon this house. Um, and that's all I can share right now. Uh, but we're looking forward to God doing something wonderful on behalf of the work and ministry here at Ebenezer. Also, I am happy to announce that the renovation has begun. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. The construction company put up the scaffolding and they protected our, the top part of our stained glass windows. They uh, delivered equipment across the street. And we, so we praise God that we have come a long way in a year and a half. That God would allow us to receive the grant and raise and enough to cover, to have a fully funded phase one of $1.3 million. Oh, come on, y'all. I tell you, nobody but God. Nobody but God. So phase one is, is, has begun. Now I'm going to ask you all to do something. Ebenezer, I want you to be praying for the workers. I want you to stop by, drive by, check on the progress. We want to be proactive as we watch the transformation and the renovation happening on our building. I need you to be committed. I just, we just can't have four or five people taking the lead. We need everybody participating 
And if you see something, say something, let us know, because we don't want no accidents. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So we're asking you to pray for the workers, all of the uh, artisans that will be working on our building, replacing the roof, fixing the soffit, and all those other things that will be happening. Uh, to God be the glory. Let's continue with, oh, I'm still here? Oh, by request. Let's sing together. Since we are, did I hear Minister King pray, oh Lord? Did I hear him say, oh Lord? Ebenezer, this is our song as we celebrate the renovation happening in this church. God has brought us a mighty long way. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise, Sing hallelujah
One them, we, we take, we're going to take a little break in our evangelism Bible study while pastor is off. I think we're going to explore the, the, the scripture, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're going to explore that. <laughs> we're going to explore that scripture. We're going to put that in the context. We're going to see what that really, we're going to see what that say. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Y'all just, uh, 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 I know my, I know my lane. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Hallelujah. It is offering time, church. It is that time of the service where uh, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to um, to give. It's an opportunity for you to uh, sow back into the church. This is that time. This is that time. Amen. Amen. If you are online or in person, if you want to give, there are several ways to give. You can give online at EbenezerBronzeville.org. EbenezerBronzeville.org. Hit the Give Now button right there on the screen. EbenezerBronzeville.org. If you're still donating to uh, what you've seen that has started, finally started on the outside, right? Sometimes y'all need a little evidence, right? So now you see some evidence that that thing is out there. So if you're still giving to the renovation or the restoration, rather, uh, you can do that by clicking the Friends of Ebenezer button, and you can give that way as well. You can give via mobile or text to give. That number is 312-779-0146, 312-779-0146. You can also give by mail or drop your gift off right here uh, at the Birthplace of Gospel Music. The address is 4501 South Vincennes Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. And last but not least, you can give via Zelle or QuickPay. That number is 773-960-9028. Again, 773-960-9028. If you need any of that digital giving information, the ushers have cards. I have quite a few in my hand. If you don't know how to do it online, they have the same cards. You can take that information and you can give that way. Amen. Let us pray for the offering. Father God, we thank you right now for all the things that you've done. Lord God, we thank you for the things that you are doing 
And God, we thank you in advance for what you are about to do. God, we thank you for both the gift and the giver. Right now, God, we ask that you would bless it as only you can. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Every heart said amen. visitors here this morning. Good to see first time in here, Brother Frazier and his son are present with us. You just wave your hand so people can see who you are. Glad to see Audrey born in the house all the way from Washington State. She's home for a minute. Uh, and your guest, and your guest, welcome, welcome to you, welcome to you. Praise the Lord. Come on, y'all need to be a little more excited about visitors here. Are there any other visitors in the building? We acknowledge. Welcome. Welcome to you. Welcome to you. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to you all. Welcome to you all this morning. At this time of our worship experience, it's also call. If you'd like, you can stand where you are as you intercede on behalf of others who are requesting prayer. Those who could not be here, but yet sent their names, asking that you would remember them. We have on our prayer list this morning, Lindsay Mayfield. We continue to pray for Marguerite Jones, Doris Robinson, Deacon Chester Coleman. We're praying for the family of Elise Grant and the passing of her husband, Willie Grant. Praying for Alfred Moore this morning and Kenneth Sexton, lifting up Al and Mary Burton, Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter, 
praying for Sarah Billups, Mary Alexander, Reverend James Thompson, praying for Bernetta Pearson, praying and lifting up Michael Jones Jr., Deacon James Smith, praying for Ernestine Rowe, Lily Turner, Myrtle Gunn, Tamara Ransaw, praying for Terrell Blevins, Sadie Turner, Leonard Tober, Marlena Jackson, Willie Wyndham, Brenda and Charles McLaughlin, lifting up John Lewis, Monica Purnell, Willie Mae Davis, Deborah Brewer, Beverly Bogus, Maosha Spragans, Rhonda Brown, Jack Spinks, lifting up Virgiline Daniels, Lee Stevenson, Laura Conwell, Maisie Jordan, praying for Patricia Butts, praying for John Butts, praying for the relatives of Vivian Taylor, Maxine Olsey, Marita Payton, lifting up Joseph Harris, praying for the family uh, of Sister Mary Alice Grant in the transition of her sister, Dorothy D. Williams. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we pause in the midst of this service to lift up these names, O oh God, for those who have asked that their names be lifted. God, we lift them today because we know that you are a healer, you are a sustainer, you are even a way maker. God, whatever these thy people stand in need of that are on this list, God, we ask right now that you meet them at the point of their need. God, we are witnesses, and our standing are a testament to the power of God and the power of prayer. So, Lord, we say have mercy. Have mercy on these thy people. Have mercy, O oh God, for those who are incarcerated, those who are in hospital rooms, those who are in nursing facilities, for those who have been given the task of being caregivers. God, give them strength and sow back into them, God, that which they empty on a daily basis. God, we lift up this church today. God, we thank you for this victory that you've given us, oh God, this first phase of the renovation and restoration of our facility. God, we're thankful for all those who had a hand and contributed, oh God, to this moment that we are experiencing. And while we thank you for those who have served and brought us to this place, we recognize in our hearts that every praise belongs to you that everything that we have accomplished is because of your grace and because of your mercy, because of your favor, and because you continue to open doors for us. And for that, God, we say thank you. We thank you, God, for another chance, another opportunity to assemble in this place to praise your name. For we are mindful, O oh God, that you are worthy. You are so worthy to be praised. We are thankful, God, that you allowed us to see another day. 
a, na- a day we have never seen and a day we will never see again. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for keeping on proving yourself to us. We pray that we will walk worthily of your blessings and of your loving kindness. God, we ask now that you be in the midst of the balance of this service, that you will be in the word that will be spoken, the song that will be sung, the music that will be played, so that we can collectively praise and worship, worship your name. We lift now this prayer upon the wings of the afternoon and place it before thy feet. So the all-wise God, we pray, and for his sake we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.
John, the fourth chapter, Dr. Dana read it. Dr. King read it. Just want to lift up the 23rd verse. But the hour coming, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to speak for a few minutes from the subject authentic worship. Authentic worship. I think what was shared even this morning in that brief symposium with the choir hit a lot on this notion of authentic worship. playing of that pipe organ in the midst of this service is a representation of authentic worship. Parallel singing, the choir sharing, the members waving their hands is all a representation of authentic worship. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Authentic, real, true worship. Thank God this morning for the gift of not just one, but four Gospels. You Bible readers know that there were four Gospels written by four different authors to four different audiences with four different backgrounds that gives us a more complete portrait of Jesus. Because each of the Gospels gives us something the other one does not give. So that when we put the four together, we know more about Jesus because we have four Gospels not just one. For instance, Ebenezer, if it had not been for John's gospel, we might not know anything about Jesus' first miracle, the wedding in Cana of Galilee, where he turned water into wine. We would know nothing about a man named Nicodemus who slipped through the cover of night to have a conversation with Jesus about new birth. Nothing about the man trapped at Bethesda's pool for 38 years until Jesus stopped by and gave him more than troubled waters could ever give him. We would have known nothing about Lazarus who had died, who had been dead four days, and Jesus went to the graveyard and told Lazarus to come forth. 
For had it not been for John and had it not been for this conversation, we overhear between Jesus and the Samaritan woman, we might not know these words spoken in our text today. Those words, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We see the woman who comes to Jacob's well to draw water. Perhaps something that she did every day at the same time. But this time, when the sister leaves, she's never the same again. Let me suggest to you, Ebenezer, if you have a real and authentic encounter with Christ, you will never be the same. Is there a witness in the house? And, and it's interesting, brothers and sisters, that, that during their conversation, it is the woman and not Jesus who brings up the subject of worship. Because whatever else the Bible is, you would agree that it is a worship book. It's a worship manual. From on its pages from Genesis to Revelation, God teaches us, Ebenezer, the importance of worship. Teaches us when to worship, how to worship, what happens in worship, and most importantly, who to worship, and just as importantly, the impact of worship on our lives after we leave worship. And from the altars built by the patriots of old to the victory shout of the four and twenty elders, from the song of Moses and Miriam after the Israelites had crossed the Red Sea to the song of the Lamb in the book of Revelation, God is urging his people, you demanding of us that we worship him that we worship God for who God is. And we worship God for what God has done. And so, in her own combative way, after Jesus asked her for a drink, she says, don't you have nothing to draw with? So this woman whose name we do not know wants Jesus to know and remember that he is a stranger. For this woman, Jesus is not the Savior. He is not to her the Jesus we know he is not the son of God to her. You must understand that the Jews and the Samaritans were locked in a bitter rivalry. They had a long history of animosity. And so to this woman at the well, Jesus is just a male stranger. And she wants Jesus to know that she has her own understanding of where God should be worshipped. And you know, Ebenezer, we must be careful when we try to locate God in a place we define. 
We have to be careful how we limit God and tell God where he can't show up and where he can show up. We have to be careful when we think that God only shows up in our denomination or in our worship style or in our generational boundary. We've got to be careful when we say that God only shows up in my style of music. Or God only shows up when my choir sings. Or God only shows up when I sing the solo. And I only come to church when I'm going to sing. Jesus says to her, he says, look, sister, I, I have to talk to you about this worship thing. I, I had to straighten you out about water because you were focused on water at Jacob's well. But, but I've got water that if you drink it, you will never thirst again. I had to straighten you out about your personal life. If you look in the text and read before the scriptures that were shared, you'll see Jesus said, I, I, you can't come to me like I don't know what's going on in your house. You already have five husbands. And the man you living with ain't your husband. But Ebenezer, Jesus never judges her. He never condemns her about the number of her marriages. What we need to understand, church, that, that God knows everything. Not something. Your, your friends know something. Your husband or your wife uh, knows something, but God knows everything. And, and you know what? When you think about that, that can be kind of scary. Cause I, I don't know if there's any honest folk in here, but, but God knows everything. You know, there's some stuff that we don't even want God to know. But rest assured, he knows everything. So, so there ain't no use in hiding and pretending and putting on a false veneer of self-righteousness like you are better than everybody else. He knows everything. He searches our heart. He knows, says the psalmist, our down-sitting and our uprising. He knows our thoughts before we think them. So Jesus says, I'll straighten you out about water. I'll straighten you out about your personal life. Now let me straighten you out about worship. Worship must have been important to her because she wants to know genuinely about worship. She raises the question, and she believes somehow that this stranger just might have some insight. So she, not Jesus, brings up the subject. And she says, let's discuss worship. And, and, and yet she wants to discuss something that she's already defined within herself. You know, there are some people that want to discuss something, but they've already made up their mind. Let, let, let's talk about worship, but I've already concluded that my worship is right and yours is wrong. And we are worshiping in the right place and you're worshiping in the wrong place. Jesus cuts her off and says the hour is coming. 
meaning that you are focused on the present. But let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the eschatological age. In other words, it's on the way, but it's already here. It's not yet, but on the way. It's already breaking in. I wonder this morning, have, have you ever, ever gotten up early in the morning and began to see the sunrise? If you get up early and see the sunrise, you will recall it's a, it's a peculiar time. It's a peculiar time of the morning. It's, it's not yet day because it's not day, but it's not night. In a real instance, it's night and day. It's day breaking into the night. It's the night giving way to the day. It's the in-between time. And Jesus says to the woman that the hour is coming, but it's already here. I've already begun to do what I'm going to do. The hour is coming, Ebenezer, when God's will is going to come, come to pass in all of its fullness. We as Christians may believe that it may be bad now, and it is. But I have good news. God has something to say. I, I know it's bad now. You can't even tell your neighbor to not shoot your gun in your front yard so your baby can sleep. But you need to know that God has the last word. It may seem dark now, there, but I declare there's a light somewhere that, that somebody has the last word. And I know that we're getting anxious again, and I know there's some anxiety in the land. But let me tell you something. The Republicans don't have the last word. The Democrats don't have the last word. God has the last word. The reign of God is breaking in. There is light that is breaking in the darkness. And there will come a time when God is going to tie together all the loose ends of history. What was unfulfilled will be fulfilled. When unrealized hope will become hope realized. When God's purposes are going to be complete, there will come a day when Jesus shall reign in his celestial glory forever and ever and ever. We say, Lord, bring that day. Bring that day when your will will be done. The hour is coming and now it is. And I know when you listen to that, it sounds uh, like a contradiction. The hour is coming when true worshipers, not fake worshipers, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I want to know here on this corner of Zion, are there any authentic worshipers here in the house today? Are there any true worshipers in the house. You see, the problem with the woman, she was focused on where to worship. So she never mentions who to worship. She emphasizes place and person. Today, 
in our churches, brothers and sisters, we must be careful. We cannot be consumed with the place of worship, our performance in worship, or how we look in worship, how our praise teams sway. We focus on outward appearance rather than our commitment, our faithfulness, and our loyalty to God. I know you will agree with me that worship today has changed. Since most of us who grew up in the church, we have more instruments than we've ever had before. We we, you look at any of our churches, we have praise teams like we never had before. We have electronic monitors and screens like we never had before. We have our phones next to us and, and we be checking our bear games and the NBA playoffs while we're supposed to be listening uh, uh, to the sermon. I'll give you some credit, at least you're here. But we have all of these devices that allow us to live stream and send the message all over the world. But the question is, with all of this stuff, are we any more spiritual? Are we any more committed? Are we any more faithful to God? How are we going to send the worship someplace else and we're not listening ourselves? We are not engaged ourselves. We have this audience posture. We have, if I could coin from Dr. Abington, a theater disposition. As if you've come here to be entertained. Can I get some help? Y'all looking at me and I'm looking at you. The problem is we have made other things the subject and object of our worship. You know, if you think about it, our nation has many gods. I know we're supposed to be a Judeo-Christian, uh, founded on Judeo-Christian principles, but America has so many gods. We, 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 we worship uh, the god of football. Uh, we worship athletics. We worship race. We worship gender. For, for some people, we worship the second, second Amendment. That is their God. You know, the right to bear arms. But you need to know that none of these things are symbols of our redemption. What kind of worshiper is the Lord seeking? The answer to the question is in our understanding of the nature and character of God. What is God's nature and character? We are told that God is a spirit. God is spirit. And the only way we can worship him is through his own character and nature. Which means that when we enter the sanctuary and we go through the motions of worship like we do every Sunday and we follow the ritual of worship, uh, uh, there ought to be something unique. You know, there's some people who come to church every Sunday and they are not moved by nothing. 
They just sit there like bumps on a log. They are not moved by the choir. They don't want to shake your hand. They don't even smile at you. They don't want to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. They just show up to be angry and look mean and growl. God is a spirit. And when you come into his house, you ought to come in with joy. I said you ought to come in with joy. You, you ought to come in with gladness. You ought to come in with energy. Nobody should have to drag you in and pump you up to praise almighty God. Sometimes I think that there ought to be an extra stipend for pump-up time. Some of y'all get that on the way home. You ought, to, you ought to be thankful every Sunday that you can walk in and not be rolled in. Let me tell you something. We're not worshipers just because we're in the sanctuary. It's not the place that makes us worshipers. It's the heart. It's the heart. It's understanding the nature and character of God because God is spirit and he can only be worshipped within the spirit and in truth. In truth, our buildings, I know this is large, but in truth, our buildings are too small for God. You see, God is bigger than missionary Baptists. God is bigger than Methodists and Presbyterian. God is bigger than Church of God in Christ and holiness. God is bigger than that. You see, some people want to locate the Holy Spirit by their style of worship. For authentic worshipers, it's not a matter of the place of worship. It doesn't matter about the crowd size. Because worship is not just a place, but it is an attitude. I said it's an attitude. And, and you could be in the right place, but with the wrong attitude, with an ungrateful spirit. True worship, authentic worship, is praise that comes from the heart. Not just from your mouth, not just from an instrument. It comes from your heart. Even if you have a suspect voice, Dr. King. If you praise him from your heart, God will hear your praise. Because praise cannot be orchestrated, cannot be manipulated, cannot be programmed. Authentic worship comes from the heart. That's why I'm excited about this hymn festival. Because it allows us to sample music from all traditions. From all of them. Because we serve a big God. 
Finally, authentic worship sees Jesus more clearly. Look at the woman at the well. It doesn't say this in the text, but she had a worship experience. Even though there were, they were not in a church building, there was no altar, there was no choir singing, there was no praise teams, no ushers at the door, there was no call to worship, no announcement, there wasn't even a sermon. But by the time her encounter with Jesus had ended, she knew who Jesus was. And isn't that the object of worship, that once you leave here, you know who Jesus is? She knew this man was more than just a stranger at the well. This man was more than just a man perhaps trying to flirt with her. By the time she was finished talking with Jesus, she knew that he was more than just any Jew. He was more than just a prophet, more than just a teacher. She first meets him. He's a stranger. Then she says, I may be a Samaritan, but he talks like a prophet. And when they talked a little while longer, I, I, I know that she said, I know that one day the Messiah is coming. And when the Messiah comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus looks at her, looks her in the eye and said, you're talking about Messiah. Well, let me know, let me let you know something. You're looking at him. For I am the Messiah. And then worship means nothing until we call others to see what we have seen, to experience what we have experienced. That's what this evangelism has been about. And then the text says that she dropped her water bucket. It says she dropped her water bucket. You ought not miss that. She dropped her water bucket. Remember why she came to the well. She came to the well with a water bucket because there was water at Jacob's well that she wanted to fill up her bucket and take it back home. But the Bible says that the woman dropped her bucket. Why in the world, if you came all this way for water, then you drop your bucket? Why would you leave your bucket and go back without the bucket and the water? I declare today that the reason why she drops her water bucket is when we worship God authentically. We don't need to take back what we brought with us because the water bucket represents who she used to be. The water bucket represented her past. The water bucket represented her failed relationships. The water bucket represented her doubts. The water bucket represented her fears. The water bucket represented her insecurity. The water bucket represented her reversals in life. 
the water bucket to represent all that she used to be before she met Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because when you meet Jesus, there ought to be some stuff in your water bucket that you ought to leave behind. When you meet Jesus, when you have an encounter with God, you ought to be able to leave some stuff behind. If you want new life, leave the water bucket. If you want to experience a loving Jesus, leave the water bucket. She left the water bucket and she went back to town. The word says she went to the people and said, come see a man who told me everything about myself. A man who gave me something that I didn't even know I needed. Because one of these days, one of these days, we're going to see Jesus more clearly. One of these days, we're going to see him in all of his glory and all of his power. And there'll be what one throne, and we'll sing but one song. And there'll be one choir and one song. Because now we see through a glass dimly, but then we shall see him face to face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are there any authentic worshipers in here? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The word of God for the people of God. And all of God's people say, Amen. Authentic worship. Not just spectators. Not just observation, but participation. Y'all don't hear me today. Because he's worthy of our worship. I said he's worthy of our worship. And he's worthy of our praise. We're going to open the doors of the church. Perhaps there's someone here today that would like to be real and genuine with God through Jesus Christ. We want to extend an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. We want to extend an invitation for you to join this faith community. If you don't have a genuine relationship with God through Jesus Christ, now is your time. Now is the time. Won't you come today? Is there one? Is there one? You can come by letter. You can come by Christian experience. Is there one today? Is there one today? 
there was today. The door of the church open. Perhaps you seek rededication. Perhaps you have been out of fellowship. We extend an invitation to you. dining room where we have a amazing lunch prepared. You don't have to go home today uh, until our temp festival begins today at 4 o'clock. Also, please keep in mind our Zoom Bible studies Wednesdays at 6 p.m. We're hoping that secure our special guests on Wednesday, so I need all of my regular folk on Bible study on this Wednesday. I'll send confirmation to you. Also, continue to pray for um, those who are sick among us, those who are bereaved. We'll see you tomorrow, those of you who will be at the Grant Celebration of Life going to do something. Before we pronounce the benediction, I'm going to ask one more favor, Dr. Abigail. This is a song we used to, we used to uh, sing a lot. Y'all remember, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I'm going to ask him to help us sing that as we benediction. Let us stand to our feet. Now, y'all said y'all know it. Don't make me have to one see one singing. Here we go. Praise God.
to him who's able to keep you from falling, to him who's able to present you for his Father with exceedingly great joy, to the all-wise God be dominion and power, honor and glory, now, henceforth, and forevermore. Amen.
for me. It is for me. The devil can't have what God has for me. Hallelujah. What God has for me, it is for me.
You did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Does anybody believe that? You did it for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did it for me.
God. Anyhow, anyhow, praise your Jesus.
all my life. Sometimes all I find is strike. Thought I'd have friends to the end. Sometimes alone is all I've been. Tears I cry night and day. But God has always made a way. Because he loves me. And I love him too.